Moses writes about Abraham's descendants. We have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now we have Jacob's sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. That's the children of Israel. When you hear me say children of Israel, it's Jacob's sons. Jacob's name was changed to Israel, so they're Jacob's sons, Israel's sons. And it's the, the tribes of Israel, the 70 people that went to Egypt, remember, because the, the outstanding young man, Joseph, who was delivered down to Egypt through a bunch of terrible situations, but he kept his eyes on the Lord. He was faithful to God. Joseph, what a great study, what a great character. The end of the book of the Old Testament book of Genesis. And it was through his faithfulness that the rest of the family, the nations and the world really was saved through that horrible famine. And the, the, Jacob and his sons came down to Egypt to be provided for there. There were 70. At the very beginning of Exodus, they multiplied in some 300 and plus years to over 2 million. And we've been studying about those 2 million and their cries. So they cried out to the Lord and God has delivered them. We've come to the place in Exodus chapter 13, the first portion where they, they, they're told to celebrate the Passover feast. We understand what that is, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And now the children of Israel are escaping. We'll see that escape tonight. But, but as you read the story, some of you go, oh, yeah, Ben-Hur. Oh, oh, yeah, I've read this story before. You know, oh, yeah, I, I remember this historical account. Yeah, I wonder what new things we're going to learn tonight. Well, I really want to start here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 because there's some really important things for us to note here. I want to read what Paul has to say here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. Just follow along with me. Moreover, brethren, Paul writes, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. Now, tonight we're going to look at the cloud and the pillar of fire. And Next week, when we get to chapter 14, it's through the Red Sea. Paul is remarking about this story that we're studying tonight. That's where we're starting here. But I want to make some points about it. Verse 2, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and drank, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things, verse 6, became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor, Paul continues, let us commit sexual immorality as some of them. Who? The children of Israel, the Exodus, the ones we're reading about. Paul is remarking about these people. He doesn't want us to commit that sexual immorality as some of them. In one day, 23,000 died. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain. As some of them also complained and were destroyed by the, the destroyer. 
Verse 11, now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Paul is definitely speaking about the Exodus experience that we are reading about tonight. Again, I want, to, I want you to get this connection here. It's really important. And what Paul is saying here, and the things that we're learning in Exodus, Exodus apply to you and I. They're our example. Not only are they ex- the example of redemption, that's, that's the main point here. How did God deliver his people? God's love for his people, God's deliverance for his people, it's all about redemption. But if we want to understand how, if we want to understand why God redeems, it's all here in Exodus. And this kind of lays the foundation. That's what Paul's saying. All of these things were done for our example. Now, there are three things real quick. Number one, we need to know the history of our faith. That is why we're reading this story. Why are you guys studying the Old Testament? Why are you going so slow, Pastor Lee, verse by verse? through? Because I want you to understand this. When you read this and understand this and get this, you'll get excited about it because it really helps you understand God's plan of redemption began before the foundation of the world. He knew you before the... It's a, it's a phenomenal thought, but our God is so powerful. He knows so much. He knows everything. And again, that's the story. Paul says, again quoting from 1 Corinthians 10. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. Paul is saying here that Exodus was recorded for the benefit of us. That's that's the reason that it was recorded. And it's important for us to understand it. That's why we have to study it so carefully. So, number one, we need to know the history of our faith. Number two, the Exodus happened for us. It says there in verse 6, right at the very beginning, now these things became our examples, or the Hebrew word topos, meaning pattern, or figure, or image, or something to come. All the things happened as an example for you and I. I mean, think about how God has interwoven this story, that 4,000 years later, you and I would read the story and go, wow, that was, he did all that for me? Yes, he did all that for you. Again, the Bible is so incredible. It's so wonderful when you read and understand God's amazing plan of redemption. There's absolutely no doubt that God did that for each and every one that puts their faith in Jesus Christ. It's an amazing truth. And it was always God's plan that you and I, that his people that read the Bible would learn and would grow and, and we'd be encouraged and we'd be assured of our faith as we look at these people that are struggling through trials. And tonight we're going to see everybody goes through trials and, and God leads us through those things. But these things were written for our example. They all happened for us. It's all a picture of God's future redemption through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain, the blood that was put on the doorpost, the angel that passed over because of the blood, your deliverance because of Christ's blood. It's all pre-pictures. 2,000 years, you know, after this story, we look back 2,000 years to this occurrence that's already taken place. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, every time I read it, I'm just going, 
It just blows my brain, explodes. I, I, I can't even, you, none of us could write this. None of us could under, would, would ever be able to put this together in a story. Just, it's amazing. And it all happened for you. It was written for you. Notice this verse, Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says this, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Do you understand what that means? You were chosen in Christ before the world was created. That's how detailed your God is and how much he knows. Pastor Lee, you mean God loved me before I was born? Yeah, God chose you before you were born. Before the world was created, he knew. It's an amazing, amazing truth. Only our sovereign God could do what you're reading about. And again, we're reading the history that happened thousands of years ago, and then we look back at Christ, and, and we, as New Testament believers, are, you should be blown away by those truths. The third truth here is it all reveals Christ. This story reveals Christ. Everything about the Exodus reveals Christ, especially the chapters that we're studying. They're all about Jesus Christ. Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 10, Verse 4, look at verse 4, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they all drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. Jesus came after this occurrence. They were looking forward to, this all pre-pictured, the, the sacrificial lamb, the exodus, the deliverance that God provided for his people that were crying out. This all pre-pictured Christ. Shadow, we, we talked about shadows on Sunday mornings. What, a, what an amazing, amazing truth. So when I make application from this story, here's my point. I'm not spiritualizing anything. I'm reading the text and we're applying the text. I'm not making an allegory out of this story. This is a real historical account revealing God's plan of redemption for you and for me. And again, I, I smile because I enjoy so much just, just studying this. Jesus is pictured in the Passover, the spotless lamb slain, the blood applied, obedience by faith for all who believed. They were delivered. It's all written for our example. It pre-pictures Christ. Again, it's amazing. So let's all turn back now to the Old Testament, second book in your Bible, Exodus chapter 13. And we're going to read these verses, and then I'm going to come back and apply them. Again, with that in mind, Paul is saying all this history is for our example. We're to learn from this and grow from this. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. I'm just going to read through the end, just a few short verses here, beginning in verse 17. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them straight into the land of the Philistines, although it was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and then run back with a tail between their legs to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel, they went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Succoth. They camped near Etham, 
at the edge of the wilderness. Verse 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as to go by day and night, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now I want to make some application here tonight, but notice here in these first couple of verses, verse 17 and 18, this long route. It's the long route home. Again, Moses is stressing that God is leading his people. We're to understand that, that God is now leading the people. It's not just Moses. That Moses is the deliverer. He's the pawn that God is using. It's God that has done all the miracles. It's God that has finally got Pharaoh's attention to release the people. It's God who now is leading the people personally. And we'll see that as we go through the story. But notice, God does not lead them in the straight line between, we always want to go the straight path. You know, you, you, you want to go from here to there, the shortest route, the safe fuel, to get there quicker, whatever it is. But God does not lead them on the straight path. God knows these people. He understands these people. He knows their weaknesses. He knows their strengths. He knows that they need to be prepared before they finally get to the land of Canaan. They need this time of preparation. But God doesn't lead them in in the straight or quickest route. Look at verse 17 at the end there. God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines. The question is why? And the answer there Verse 17, lest the people change their minds when they see war. These people, remember, were slaves. There's two million slaves. There's children. There's, uh, there's men. There's old uh, men and women. There's all this mix of people. And they've been enslaved for years. They're not ready for battle. They, they can't do any of that. And God knows that. So he's not going to take them straight into the Philistines. Now, the Philistines had an army um, in that land. And you'll remember that, you know, when they finally get there 40 years later, they're going to be battling the different tribes that are in Canaan, all these ites, Canaanites, Hivites, Parasites, all these ites. And there's these people that the Philistines that are there, and they become the mortal enemy of the, the Israelites, as you that read the Old Testament know. But God didn't want to take them right straight into there because he knew their weaknesses. He knew that it would scare them. God loves you. God knows you. He knows where to lead you. But God, this is fearful. I don't like it. I'm, not, I'm uncomfortable where I am right now. But God knows. He knows where to lead you. And he's preparing you for something else. But Lord, I'm in this pain right now. I, 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 this spot that I am in is so painful right now. I'm sure it is. And yet God has a purpose. God has a plan. He's, he's going to mature you. He's going to use these things in your life so that when he presents you with this opportunity that you won't fail, he's preparing you. And that's what he's doing here. The Lord leads these people the long way around because they're not ready for war. He's going to lead them in a different place, and they're going to watch God's hand defeat the the Egyptian army, as a matter of fact. But Israel wasn't prepared to fight this full-scale battle at this time. They they were slaves, and they're just released. So they're going to go on this much longer route. Verse 18 says, So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. 
And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land. Some say that orderly ranks means that they marched, you know, like an army. We're not really sure, but, but God had ordered them in a way. And he's leading them in an orderly way. In other words, it's not chaos. It's not people running this way, people going that way. They're in order, and they're going in one direction as one nation right now. God is leading them in, in, in that way. Moses is telling us that, that, that God's leading them in this longer route for the people's benefit because God knows their weaknesses. So uh, God doesn't give them more than they can handle. Now, here's the application again. In my life and in your life, God leads us in the route he intends. And, and many times, I, I think I've complained. I, I could give illustrations. I'm sure you can. Gee, Lord, did I have to go through all of that? All of that instruction, all of that turmoil, all of that heartache, did I have to really go through all of that? Why didn't you just let me go from here to there? It's so much easier. But God doesn't lead us through the easy ways. We're in this world, and we go through hardship. And when we go through hardship, we mature and we grow. And guess what grows the most in a Christian? His faith, her faith, and dependence on God. Because when you're alone and you're in your pain and you're in your, that difficult place, you've got to grow. You're either going to grow or you're going to let go. Uh, I've seen that happen both ways. And we really need to understand that God allows trials in life to prepare us. He's doing that very thing for these children of Israel as they leave the land of Egypt. He does the same thing for us. You really understand that God knows you intimately? Because if you did, if you really understood that, and if you'll accept that thought that God knows you intimately, he knows your weaknesses, he knows your strength, and he has a plan for your personal growth and maturity in the Lord. And all of us, I know what you're thinking right now. Just get it over with, Lord. Let's get through this. I just want to get through this. We've all been there. But God is going to lead us through the fire. Some of us have to go through the flood. Some of us through valleys. And thinking of that beautiful old hymn that we used to sing in church. But all through the blood. All of us have to go through the blood. And God will lead us through those difficult times. He's got a plan. It reminds me again, of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10. Notice the verse. We didn't read this far because I wanted you to see this. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But I'm in so much pain. Lord, this hurts. But God's going to allow you to get to the point. He's got his hand on. You're in the oven, and he's got his hand on the thermostat. He knows just how much heat to apply. And he's not going to, this is the promise. It's right here. No temptation has overtaken you except which is common. God is faithful. He'll not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with that temptation is going to make a way of escape. That way of escape is, is to be faithful, to be faithful to the Lord. God knows the best route. He knows the best route for the children of Israel. He knows the best route for you and I as we go through our lives. I, I can't help but think that God has brought me through difficulties and trials to humble me more. And I'd be the first one to say that I need to be humbled even more. I mean, who, who among us would say, you know, hey, I, I've been humbled pretty good. I'm pretty humble. I, I'm a humble man. I mean, I'm humble. I mean, we're not going to do that. 
but we all need to be humbled. And God uses those things. So God, if God is leading you through those things tonight, and you're saying or complaining, God, I didn't choose this road. I don't want to be on this path. It's too hard for me. I, I could give you so many examples in my life, and I know that you're here, and there's so many right here this evening that are going through these same kinds of things. God is leading you, just like he's leading these people through the long route home because he has a purpose. He has a plan. I, I always think this way. I don't know. There's some people lived in Big Bear. I, I live in the mountains. But if, if you go to Big Bear and you don't like mountain roads, that's a difficult road, wouldn't you agree? You get to the Arctic Circle. It's that, that place between a Snow s Summit and, and the dam. I mean, that's gnarly in there. I mean, there's been avalanches in that area, rock avalanches, snow avalanches. It's gnarly. And I, the last couple of days, it's all icy. People get up in there, and they just freak out. But, but it's that long, narrow road. You know, it's, there's switchbacks and turns. But when you're at the end of it, and you get to the lake, and you go, wow, this, that's why I endured all the, the danger of that road. Because when you get there, it's like, ah, it's nice. Same thing is true here. God is leading these people through this difficult road because he has a plan for their lives. Our problem is, is that we just want the easy road. Who doesn't want the easy road? Who doesn't want instant success? You know, we have instant food. We can get fast, quick food on the road. We, everything's quick, quick, quick. That's the way we want our lives. But God doesn't work that way. Have you noticed? Have you, have you noticed? That God takes us through these difficult things. And I the Proverbs we're studying on Sunday night. Notice this Proverbs 16, verse 9. A man's heart plans his way, but it's the Lord who directs his steps. That's wisdom for you, saint, tonight. <laughs> Just receive what, what we, we plan. We, we think we have a better plan. And then God is the one that directs our steps. It's really important for us to understand that. So, God has his reasons for the strange or long path that sometimes he leads us on. But I can guarantee you this, it's for his glory and it's for your good that you're going through that time. You've got to keep that in mind. It's for your glory, Lord. It's for my good. It's for your glory, Lord. It's for my good. You're not living this life for your happiness and your peace and your uh, tranquility. You're in this life. It's a battle. And God has a purpose. He wants to direct your steps, and he'll take you through those difficult things. Now, the next thing I want to point out is in verse 19 and 20. Notice that God's promise is fulfilled. Verse 19, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under Solomon, oath, as Joseph had, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry me up, carry my bones up from here. And when he said that, the people were... Had, had been brought into this land of Goshen, this kind of this marshy, uh, fertile valley where the, the herds could just graze on all the, the, the ground, good ground there. The Egyptians wouldn't live there. They, they weren't herders. Remember, they wouldn't intermingle with the Israelites at all. And so what Joseph went to the Pharaoh back in Genesis 50. He says, hey, can, you, can my dad and, and our people, the 70 of them, can they live in this really fertile land because they have animals? This will be really great for them. And remember, the Pharaoh said, yeah, go 